Hello, everyone, and welcome to Beyond the Degree, a podcast where we chat with accomplished University of Toronto alumni to learn more about their career and time at U of T. My name's Tate, and I'm a second-year computer science student at U of T. My name is Angav, and I'm a second-year Rotman Commerce student. Today's guest is Mackenzie Ferguson, who dropped out of the Rotman Commerce program in 2018 to co-found Verda, the Uber Eats of weed. Verda ties established third-party careers with cannabis retailers to provide legal cannabis users with the same-day mobile experience. Verda is a part of the Launchpad Accelerator and has raised over half a million dollars in pre-seed funding. The team has started operations in Saskatchewan by partnering with the Living Skies Cannabis Dispensary, and Verda eventually aims to launch in all major Canadian provinces and American states once, le- once legislation allows for it. McKinsey, we're really glad to have you on the podcast today. Thanks for having me, man. You killed it. You killed it. <laughs> Did better than I could have done. Thanks, man. Um, we so, do our research. <laughs> yeah. Um, what's what's cool about having uh, McKinsey on the podcast is so we we we've named the podcast Beyond the Degree, but you're our first guest without a degree. Without a degree. <laughs> um, so yeah, just um, tell us. I'm I'm curious to learn. Um, why did you pick U of T and Rotman? And mm. what were the series of events that led to you dropping out and gave you that conviction to drop out? Yeah, so, okay, so I'll start with kind of what made me pick Rotman. Um, so I, yeah, I started off, I did all the applications. I was kind of deciding between engineering and um, and business and kind of going into like finance and deep finance and stuff like that. Um, and then I got into grade 11 chemistry and I dropped that within the first week. <laughs> yeah, we had a, a teacher there that was really, really good, but expected a lot. So I'm like, no, nah, I'm out of here. <laughs> like, didn't let me have coffee in class the first day. So I'm like, yeah, out of there. Um, so naturally went business instead. <laughs> and so I applied to all the universities, the big ones. Um, tried to do like a comp sci. A business thing up at Laurier Waterloo mm-hmm. I got into the the math and business one um, with Waterloo and Laurier but I'm, I decided that I prefer Rotman over it mm-hmm. um, and then I got to live in Toronto which is pretty cool mm-hmm. so yeah I ended up picking that's Rotman why, over that that's why I didn't go to Waterloo right it's yeah shit. yeah Waterloo's kind of, it's a great, great tech area, but the, it's also else. pretty depressing. Yeah. <laughs> so sad, dude. It's just a completely different yeah. life. Right? No, you got no, the suburb. No life, beef with Waterloo, but, but like, it's pretty gloomy, dude. <laughs> <laughs> it is, it is. I'm not ex- looking forward to the uh, winter. It's no. And and Voda is based out of Waterloo, correct? We're based out of Waterloo, okay. yeah. We're in all the big incubators over there, or all the incubators now. We got into Velocity recently. Awesome, that's, that's great. Accelerator Center, um, Communitech, and then Launchpad, as you mentioned. So. Awesome. Wow. Cool, and, and so um, tell us a little bit more about the series of events that you that gave you the conviction to, you know, drop out. When when did you start thinking about Voda, and yeah, how did it go about Yeah. It? Yeah, so we were, um, so I was balancing it with school. Um, and so, yeah, there's a lot to unpack there. But, <laughs> but balancing it with school uh, was really difficult. I ended up doing mostly Verta stuff, and then school was a side hobby of mine. Uh, <laughs> and so, yeah, I'd show up to class and I'd be like working on projects in the middle of class type of thing and like sending emails and did it, talking did it, to Evan. Did and, it begin that way or did it kind of slowly start to consume your life? 
It, that's exactly it actually yeah so at the beginning it was kind of like it was the side project mm-hmm. right and there's just some like we do things on the weekends and yeah. we wouldn't go out and we just stay there working and talking about it and doing mock-ups and all the fun stuff that you get to do at the very beginning when there's no like responsibilities of it um and then it really kind of turned into the responsibilities kind of came in which yeah. is good because it's good to have like external pressures on it but the same time when you're trying to juggle school as well it's mm-hmm. <laughs> easily kind of derail school <laughs> yeah. um so yeah eventually I, it was just consuming more and more of our time i was in summer school up in toronto we did one class <laughs> in summer school barely skirt by that class yeah. so basically um i was like barely passing class like i was walking into the final exam with like 55 mm-hmm. and so i had been like talking with the professor a lot and so like I, he knew i was like working on stuff and i'd show up to every class so i was very diligent <laughs> right, right? And, uh, pretending to be yeah. be taking notes but i'd be just working on verta the entire time but he was fooled he was fooled okay <laughs> started working on it more and more until you realized you couldn't bounce yeah. it in school or so yeah after that summer school program or class that i barely skirt by um we ended up going to a bunch of meetings with some bigger uh cannabis producers retailers uh, some of the big players um and then yeah we had flown one of our advisors uh up who was an advisor at the time and he's just he he saw the look on their faces when we showed them our pro we had like some like janky prototype that like, it like barely worked it was basically like strung together with uh envision so yeah. like it's literally like you tap a button and it's like a new uh image pops up basically it doesn't actually do anything right. it's just like different places on the image brings mm-hmm. up so it's like a like a mock-up almost exactly yeah. and we showed it to them and they, they loved it and they just wow. the because the cannabis industry is moving so fast um they're it's in this really big state of i would mu- they would much rather buy than try to build out it they can't even hire fast enough to support production right, right or retail let alone try to build out software and so that's when it really clicked for that advisor and he's like yeah i'm i'm in and you guys need to really, really double down on this. And it was at the perfect time where I could just, I had signed up for classes, um, but I had talked to an advisor before about dropping out. And it's yeah. like, yeah, you can just uh, drop out all your classes within the first week, you won't be charged. And then you can come back within six years and finish your degree. And I'm like, that that's all my, that is all a, my that's a, pretty that's a good deal. deal. Yeah. That's an incredibly yeah. risky deal, I think, but it's a good deal for U of T if they want to foster like, yeah, entrepreneurial, entrepreneurial spirit. Yeah. Absolutely. And I think it's like, like it's not extremely risky because let's say this doesn't take off, like McKinsey could always come back and, you know, complete. I meant risky for like mm-hmm. the school. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 I'm it's, really surprised it's that, they, that they offer that. But that is cool. Back. Yeah, for sure. Um, one, one great thing about Verda that I know of is um, you started the, like your core team of three people is you and two of your close friends from high school oh yeah yeah tell us a bit more about what is it like working with your close friends yeah so we uh we met way back in high school we didn't really talk to each other we had like three separate groups of friends kind of thing like so our group our groups you guys know high school your yeah. groups kind of intermingle yeah. eventually yeah. right and they kind of it's nebulous yeah <laughs> you kind of meet people and you know of them but you're not really Right. And so eventually, like towards, uh, yeah, because Stefan came in grade 10, but like 9 through 12, we just slowly get 
started getting more and more together kind of and then so we knew each other and they Stefan and one of our other friends had started this company um, and so I, I I know Evan wanted to be around that and then they called me up well I was in Robin and said like hey like we want you to join we want the Robin name in this right <laughs> <laughs> Um, and so, yeah, I was like, love to, it sounds like it, it's a fun thing to do to just kind of invest in yourself, um, mm-hmm. which was really strange because we, yeah, we started off doing some like really weird stuff. Like we'd, um, we started a drone photography company that didn't, we couldn't afford the insurance on the drones, so yeah. we didn't end up doing it. Um, <laughs> How much does it cost to insure a drone? At the time, it was like over a thousand bucks because you had to buy the full year of insurance. Now it's probably way more because of uh, you have to like register the drone and all that. Right, because yeah. But yeah, at the time it was like fifteen, a thousand or fifteen hundred or something. We're just like, I we can't be sure that we're gonna get this money back, and that was like our fast cash idea, right? We'll do it for the summer. It's kind of like the student works painting stuff right mm-hmm. we just like go and film some houses over the summer and that's prime time for housing right because you you get to uh film it in the summer and then they sell in the winter time mm-hmm. um but yeah so it was really fun working with the, our friends on that like just knowing each other so well and we just ended up hanging out more and more and just talking about random business ideas like we tried to do something with uh, i'm sure you guys know about the big mac index where, um, yeah, 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 where like the pricing of currency is based it's on, on yeah. the yeah. Big Mac prices. Yeah, yeah, because that's it, really I, I find that so fascinating. <laughs> like that that works, but um, yeah. So we tried a bunch of random stuff. That's I guess the point to what I'm saying. And um, we ended up Verta was one of the ideas on the backlog because uh, Trudeau had announced that he wanted to um, legalize cannabis. legalize cannabis, and then it ended up becoming on the front log, and that's where it connects with the rest of the story. Mm-hmm. But it's so like to your question of like how is it working with friends it's amazing like it's so much more fun when like we can joke around at the same time as getting stuff done Mm -hmm. yeah and we do a really good job like one of the best things we do is like keeping like business and the friendship separate but at the same time we can like joke around um so like we could very easily switch between like joking around and talking very seriously and see i think that's so important because i honestly think that if i were to start a business with my friends i just wouldn't get any like i wouldn't get shit done right yeah. so i think that it's really interesting that you make an effort to maintain a like separation in those relationships yeah and one of like the biggest things is like when you actually like care about the person and also the business but the person as well Mm -hmm. you really push each other um and we're all like very highly motivated people like we we all did really well in school Stefan had like started a company when he was like 13 and sold it um uh like we're all extremely highly motivated personally and then when we all get together we push each other really well so and we get to joke around and so so going back to dropping out and um, giving advice to kids on dropping mm. out so, so the only time you considered dropping out was when you had funding in place and when you'd been working on the side project for a while and you knew yeah. this is something that can take off yes there's a few factors i guess um so number one was that you have to know that the time is right this is something that a lot of uh VCs will, if you read anything about VCs, they'll tell you, like, is there urgency to actually doing this, right? And one of the biggest things with the cannabis industry is after that meeting, right, we're like, we need to move fast. You realize that there is urgency. 
we need to actually move Be on this really, really quick. There's a lot of companies that you can start with a with a friend and yeah, you can just get it done while being in school, right? It's not that urgent. There's not much of that external responsibility placed onto you to actually like service clients or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and especially like multi-billion dollar clients uh, type of thing when they need what you have, right? And so that's kind of the number one thing, uh, reason why we I, I would recommend dropping out versus not dropping out uh, is the urgency. Um, but with all that, yeah, exactly what you mentioned. Like you have to have your, for lack of a better term, shit together. Um, you got to know that even though we didn't really know that we'd make it happen, we knew that there was a possibility to make it happen there. Um, and so, yeah, we had everything in line from like the prototype. We knew customers wanted it. We were the customers at the same time, like on the consumer end. We yeah. knew that like clients, like big retailers wanted it. We knew that the industry needed it. And so it's just like naturally we had proven all that stuff and we're like, okay, we can, we have access to funding now, right? We didn't actually close the round until way later, but we have access to funding and that was kind of streamlining it all. And then, yeah, the advisor, like Estelle, he was absolutely amazing. Like, (laughs) how did you, how did you come across the advisors? Like, how did you actually get in touch with them? Yeah, so it's um, part of Evan's family. Uh, I want to say uncle. There's Greeks. Evan is one of the co-founders of Voda. Yeah, Yeah. so Evan and Stefan are my two co-founders. And so, yeah, it was one of Evan's uncles. And, or I think mom's cousin, but they're all something. Yeah. But yeah, so that's how we, and he, he was just giving us some passive advice. Right. And then we asked him randomly, uh, Evan's mom said, you, you guys need to ask Stell to come to this meeting with you guys. And we're like, that's a great idea. And so we did. And he flew himself up here. Like he paid for wow. it wow. in the middle of the week. Right. That's and then came and drove four hours with us up to undisclosed location. And then, attended this meeting with you guys attended the meeting and then is like oh shit there's something here yeah and then that's when he started streamlining and opening doors for us and it's like yeah like you guys really have something here um and so uh, tell us a little bit more about Verda. what is the problem you're solving yeah what is what is your app address or what is your service address rather that like the existing services do because you know obviously weed maps is a pretty big thing right now although i know that there are a lot of ongoing licensing issues with most of the services and mm-hmm. yeah so what what is your service offer that others don't in the market right now yes the biggest thing is like the problem that we're addressing is that uh for some reason can illegal cannabis is running 89 percent of the market share in north america um and you look at studies that like ontario based their pricing off of and it says well given equal access consumers are willing to pay 50% more for the perceived quality of legal products, right? But like foundationally, um, there's that equal access, right? And what we, I'm sure you guys all know, right? Do you think it's equal access between legal and illegal products here? No, no way. not. Not at all. And so our mission is to actually make it more accessible and more convenient, um, for legal products. And so what that's going to do is inevitably, there's also like the product issues with uh, like not having edibles and concentrates and those things. Well, aren't those, weren't those recently legalized or something? Has that propagated any like huge, you know, 
shifts in the market or anything? Or? Um, so on the producer side, there was a lot of shift. And like, I, I think that was, uh, me and Stefan talked about this a lot, but we think that that's part of the reason why there was such a supply issue was because mm-hmm. there was a lot of like testing of products in the edible space before it was legalized for public use. Um, but in terms of actually like consumer stuff, it's not actually hitting markets till mid December, um, because you have to be like, uh, approved by health Canada. And then you have, once you're through that process, then mm-hmm. you can start selling. So mid December, you guys will see them in store and well, but, the, but you can still buy them on these, like some of these services. Right. And so I think that's what you were getting to is that, yeah. 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 So that's, that's the problem with the products is you can get so many di- you can get gummies right now on and everybody talks the gummies is the number one thing i hear always like gummy bears right yeah. <laughs> um and you just can't get that in legal markets and that's one of the problems that exists um but yeah it really just comes back to everything is being done illegally right now and it's because there's not that e- equality of access between the two or legal which should be more accessible and more convenient and that's what we do we provide convenience and accessibility to legal markets awesome and i think it's very important especially especially reading the news recently with all the deaths caused by vapes i think yeah i think that a large majority of the deaths were caused by the the weed oil like like the, the concentrate black market yeah, cartridges like, or something yeah right? like like black market cartridges yeah. and i think so, like like that itself just shows the need for a legal a legal platform to purchase these things. Like regulation exactly. is a big deal when the it comes to this stuff. Have been weed yeah. Stuff, so. Yeah, exactly. Like those vaporizers are not safe, right? They come from overseas. Like I was actually looking on Alibaba, you can order. I think it's <laughs> THC <laughs> You're buying a vape on Alibaba, there's already some. You probably. You like, can literally buy concentrates That's crazy. on Alibaba. That's crazy. Con- like I'm doing air quotes, concentrates on it. It's, it's wild. <laughs> like it's. It's not okay. It's like so you, that's why people are getting sick, right? It's because somebody buys that. Well, because obviously, like if you're just a kid, maps. you want to get high. That's such an allure. You go say, "Wow, I don't even have to. I can like my parents don't even know about this. I can just buy order cartridges." That's insane, dude. Enough Alibaba. That's yeah. That blows my mind. And like literally, like you can. Um, any one of us right now can probably go order concentrates, concentrates in on bulk. Alibaba in bulk, and then. Go onto Weed Maps, pay them a fee, and all of a sudden you've got a delivery business that's selling uh, concentrates and probably vape cartridges too, if you want to be fancy, right? Through Weed Maps to people that expect that this is going to be safe product, right? Which is a big issue. Which is absolutely yeah. massive. Right? Do you think they could like face a lawsuit over that? Like that seems like a pretty 100%. severe oversight. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's that's one of the things they say that they're gonna try to clean up their act. Um, but the nature of the platform is built for gray markets. Yeah. Right. It's built for um, right before cannabis was legal. Right. And way before actually. Right. And then they're trying to adapt it into the what's gonna happen in five years, which realistically they can't. Right, they're too deep. The platform's built on just another, and they have market. to, yeah. they have to keep pumping out revenues for investors and their shareholders, right? And then they're stuck in this web of, do they cut all of their profits to become a legal platform? Mm-hmm. I don't think they will. Mm-hmm. But um, one one thing I'm curious to learn about the Verda team is you you guys are really young. You're 21, mm-hmm. and I think the rest of the team is of a similar age does being young help you like does it are people more supportive of 
your vision mm-hmm. and your efforts or or do older people sort of try and bring you down yeah so there's definitely a mix of both um there's the benefits and the cons always um but yeah we get a lot of uh, like talking about the benefits a little bit we get a lot of um benefit of the doubt a lot of the time we get a lot of extra help um like it's much easier to go and ask for an advice an advisor to help you with a question right mm-hmm. when you're 21 and don't really know too much about what you're doing um and then we also get benefit of the doubt on like okay these guys are like actually dreamers right we're still at the age where we can like send hail marys and somebody's probably gonna catch it right <laughs> so you guys um, are like fallible everyone kind of sees yeah it's yeah there and we're pre the age where you start kind of getting into i i guess I don't want to call it like with the real world but like being bound by like reality True, right? right where there's yeah. bills there's kids there's yeah. you have a dog that you have to pay for vet bills right um and so we're pre any of that stuff so we've got none of the responsibilities and we can just fully send it on this True, so yeah. we also with that comes we're working 18 hour days right but on the other hand um we get a lot of the oh you're working 18 hour days awesome but then on the con side, there is always that we don't have the experience, right? We, we didn't go and work for 10 years in the cannabis industry, and now we have all of this. We, we didn't get that, right? A, a lot of the older founders can get that experience. Um, but yeah, there's, there's always two sides to a coin. Um, so I, I really like being a young founder, though. I think it definitely plays in our favor. Um, but there are, are always people that will say, oh, you're too young for this. Um, yeah. What's your response to those people? Um, we're not in the business of convincing. Fair right. enough. Mm-hmm. So that's kind of, that's been kind of a guiding light in a lot of this, right? Is that the leverage just isn't there yet, or in what sense? Uh, yeah, we're not in the business of trying to convince people yeah. that we're right. We're Fair gonna enough. we're gonna get the people that know that we're right and that want to bet on us. Mm-hmm. And I I fully agree with. Um, like the positives in starting working on something entrepreneurial early mm-hmm. because at this age especially like 21 22 20 no one is really like you're supposed to be a student you're supposed to be going to class you're supposed to uh, like just be doing normal student things and so there isn't that crazy high expectation of you yeah and, and yeah i think like if you the, the the earlier i feel you start working on something entrepreneurial the the less pressure there is on you to to really outperform and do something crazy yeah yeah and one of the biggest things is a lot of the time the investors like using investors as an example they're investing in the person right and they know that this person's going to do really cool stuff in their Mm -hmm. life right and being 21 right they know by the time i'm 30 i'm going to start something cool (laughs) yeah so um and i it's looking like it's going to be Verda, <laughs> but like even though like anything really right it's that kind of drive the passion there's stuff that uh sets entrepreneurs that actually start stuff and get it off the ground apart from uh the average student mm-hmm. right and they want to be on that train whether it's in this company or in the next thing next that they one, start yeah, yeah. Um, so what do you think about going to like actually like graduating undergrad, say finishing, going off to the industry and working for a few years and then trying to start, you know, your own startup? How, how like, what do you have to say to people who prefer that as an alternative or what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think that's, that's a really interesting question because I think it comes, I think the differentiator is urgency, 
Mm-hmm. Um, so I think like I think that's a great path to go down because you're going to get a lot different of an experience, uh, but it's going to be heavily in your favor if you're 25 out of university, you've graduated from comp sci, right? You know what you're doing, right? You've worked in IT for this long and you know the problems, mm-hmm. right? And then you go and solve it, right? Mm-hmm. That's very powerful. Um, but then there's also the youth benefit of, of the earth. Yeah. But I, I think generally um, it's all about the only differentiator there is the urgency. Yeah. If it's something like for us, the cannabis industry that you have to move quick, mm-hmm. that yeah. you have to move really, really fast in um, or else you're going to get left behind. Right. Somebody else is going to do it. Yeah. Um, so I think that's re- the real differentiator. So you said your your service operates in Saskatchewan, right? Yeah. It's running. So what um, I guess adversities, challenges have you faced in since opening there? And mm. and why Saskatchewan of all places? Yeah, so that's a that's a doozy of a question. Um, so we picked Saskatchewan um, primarily because of the regulation sets that exist. Um, so in Ontario, I'm sure everybody knows Verda can't operate here. It's because the Ontario Cannabis Store uh, runs all of the online um, distribution to consumers. So Saskatchewan, on the other hand, allows for private retailers, um, and the private retailers to own their own, uh, distrib- online distribution to consumers. And so, but what that doesn't allow for is third parties like, uh, Uber Eats or Averta to come in and say, we're going to partner with all the stores and we're going to provide them all with the courier network to be able to support this which I think is almost shooting themselves in the foot a little bit. Uh, we saw it with restaurants 10 years ago, right? It's just way more efficient to be doing it uh, like Uber Eats does it, right? Um, but the model fits Saskatchewan very well, um, or not the model, uh, the business fits Saskatchewan very well. Um, and so we're gonna, we modified it to be able to fit within the regulation set. And so we're basically operating under uh, the, sh- the Living Skies Cannabis brand um, as it's completely her website, her uh, everything really, her branding, right. um, her being uh, Sierra, the owner of the store. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, we yeah, we've had to adapt it to fit within the regulations, but that's why we chose Saskatchewan and it's going really well. Consumers seem to really like the service um, as we kind of figured mm-hmm. and it's, it's wild as it gets colder uh, we've seen spikes <laughs> in orders because people like, don't want to go out. Because people don't want to leave yeah. the house. Yeah, and it was like negative six. And we got ten orders. Like, <laughs> like okay, <laughs> awesome. Um, what advice do you have for um, someone in university? They know they want to be an entrepreneur. They know they want to go down the startup path, and um, they're a student now. What What advice would you give them? Knowing now, mm. you know you've started a pretty successful company well thank you (laughs) first of all um okay the main advice that i would give is um really look at the opportunity that's in front of you uh, especially if you're going to such a high caliber school as university of toronto little flex for all of us (laughs) (laughs) Um, but if you're going to such a great school already uh you have to really look at the opportunity costs in front of you right um like what's the cost of giving up going to investment banking and making a few hundred thousand in your first year right yeah um and so really look at the opportunity that's in front of you make sure that it's something that you really want to be doing um another thing is like if you can actually this is a lot on like kind of the more personal side but like if you can actually tolerate doing it 
because um, a lot of the time there's there's really uh, not cool stuff that needs to be done and it's not done because nobody can tolerate doing it 18 hours a day like accounting software <laughs> do you yeah, think anyone can do it or do you think that there's like it's not universal that it takes like a certain type of person to be able to even begin mm, a startup that's a really great i think it's a little bit of a little bit of universe like there's kind of the universal skill that you can bring to something always mm-hmm. um so like or not it's not really universal but for example if i studied finance right and I want to do a finance startup, you bring a lot of value to that startup, mm-hmm. right? And so it's like, okay, I know a lot about it, but I think what's a little bit less of what everybody can do is actually having the drive and the motivation and the to wake up and do it and mm-hmm. to act on a lot of the thoughts. Um, and so, yeah, that's, that's something that Evan is really good at, actually, <laughs> is like wait, just doing, 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 yeah. doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah, I don't think that comes naturally for everybody, but I think that you can bring a lot of other skills to the table. Um, yeah, not not being that really driven, like, do-do-do. Sure. But at that point, you just find somebody that is that do-do-do. Yeah, yeah. and you team up with And them. you bring somebody, some other hey, skills to the table. Hey, I got an idea. Yeah. Exactly. And uh, so I think anybody can do it, though. Like, honestly, mm-hmm. like, it's just if you actually do it. Um, yeah. What do you think about, um, you say, so if, if you think anybody can do it, then how do you feel about U of T's um, resources for um, mm-hmm. kind of encouraging entrepreneur entrepreneurship? Or in like, like how familiar are you with them, I guess? Yeah, so I'm decently familiar with it, um, but not, I don't know that much about it. Okay. I think that there's a really big disconnect, um, like really massive at U of T particularly think that Laurier does it really well um, but I think one of the biggest things is U of T is very high-tech stuff right there they work right with the creative destruction lab mm-hmm. they work right with um, uh, forget it but a lot of really really high-tech stuff um, and so I think that for that type of startup U of T is the perfect place to be um, but you go to kind of the low-tech consumer type B2C, of place yeah. mm-hmm. B2C um, and or even like low-tech enterprise stuff like what we're doing um and it's really just there's not much support there um but i think that there's like everybody's got to pick their specialty and i think with all the really great research going on at u of t i think it's a good fit to to kind of select the high the high-tech stuff but at the same time i'd love if u of t gave a lot more support to for sure (laughs) the b2c place true um what would you say are the best parts of your job and what are the worst parts of being mm. your own boss? Yeah, that's a really interesting question. Um, the best parts is, the, I feel like there's a quote there somewhere that I read, but like the best part is that you can do whatever you want when you want it, but the worst part is like you have to do what needs to get done when it needs to get done, right? <laughs> I, I remember I read something about it and it's like, yeah, but that you can sleep in till 10 a.m., right? But at 10 p.m. when you're getting a call from China, you got to pick it up. Right? Yeah. Um, and so it's kind of that duality of it. But it's it's honestly like just being able to do something yourself is so empowering. Like it's, it's just really going to 
carry me into it's just a whole new mentality really that you get when you start something else or something kind of out of the norm um and then you're not working for somebody else right you get to work with your friends right it's just like i i think it kind of ruins my employability though because i'm gonna show up it's like wait a second i have to work for someone yeah <laughs> um but yeah no it's a lot of it's a lot of fun and that's definitely the biggest plus side uh biggest con is yeah you're kind of uh at the whim of a lot of external responsibilities i guess mm-hmm. looping it back to the very beginning um, but at the same time, that's the fun of it, right? <laughs> so, for sure. What would you say is the most important thing you learned from it, from being your own boss? Um, when this you're, yeah. So I think one of the biggest things is, even though you are your own boss on paper, you're mm-hmm. not really. Right. You're just kind of serving everybody else that you work with the entire time. Um, and that's external people and that's internal people as well. So yeah, the external responsibilities, the clients calling, that sort of thing, you're just serving them. That's Customers your entire job. On, right. yeah. The and customer then, is the boss. Yeah, <laughs> and at the same time, your employees are your boss yeah. too, right? You, your whole job is to make their job easier, right? And then obviously we, we gotta get our own stuff done too. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's definitely that you just have to kind of serve everybody is one of the biggest things. And then on the other side, it's just, yeah, you got to wake up and keep pushing stuff forward. You got to think of things very creatively um, or else, yeah, you wouldn't be in that spot. You, right. you ever miss school? <laughs> I, I miss how easy it was in retrospect. Um, <laughs> but at the same time, like I don't miss how like arbitrarily stressed I was. Um, because it is very arbitrary when you think about it. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's... Honestly, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> it's it's The stress in school is so arbitrary. You're going to get a job no matter what. It's going to put you on a path. Just live with it yeah. and just be okay with yourself. I think you get stressed so sporadically in school. It's, like, probably unhealthy, you know? I think your body to take that sort of irregular and, like, yeah. a big Surge. shock. True, um... <laughs> Talk, talking about stress um do you ha- do you feel stress and anxiety um uh, while working at voda and do you have any um steps or like daily practices you take mm-hmm. to sort of mi- mitigate burning out by their product <laughs> yeah, yeah use burda number one <laughs> um no the i definitely feel stress and anxiety um but I think like the biggest thing is kind of just stepping out of it and realizing everything's going to be all right one way or another. Um, I, I, it sounds so simple, but at the same, it's so hard to actually realize that, um, that yeah, everything's going to be all right. Right. If you mess up at that meeting, everything's good. There's going to be another retailer, right? There's going to be another investor. There's going to be, there's always another opportunity. And mm-hmm. it's just like, it's a revolving door, right? You don't yeah. have to get it. And a lot of the time, the biggest problem is that the anxiety will cripple you into messing up something else. That's the biggest problem with it, right? So it's like, yeah, the anxiety is so pointless. Like even if, like, and, and it kind of ties back to what we were joking about, right? It's showing up is most of it, right? Yeah. You know what you're talking about. Like a lot of the time I get stressed for presentations and things like that. I would, but, I would think that starting a venture like this is very 
it broadens your perspective a lot and I think you probably lose a lot of that anxiety just through that I think it's a consequence mm. of just going out in the real world and sort of suddenly being aware of uh, like school matters obviously I think it's stupid to say that school doesn't matter but that for a lot of undergraduates it doesn't matter in the grand scheme of things as much yeah. as they realize you know true and yeah. um, do you have any daily practices that so you feel anxiety one is mm. like you tell yourself it'll all be fine do you have anything else you do day to day that sort of helps you um, so definitely I have fallen off the train with travel um, which is shouldn't be an excuse but <laughs> I'll use it anyways um, uh, working out really really helps get the blood moving kind of thing it really helps with the uh, I think endorphins but I'm no biologist <laughs> I don't know it just really helps though that good serotonin yeah exactly. I don't know, something. something like that <laughs> yeah it sounds right um, but working out helps a lot a lot um, and just I like lifting a lot okay um, and then on the other side meditation really helps what um, what kind of me- meditation are you into uh, I just use Headspace and whatever, okay. whatever yeah. it tells me okay. to do. I do. <laughs> I've seen the ads, right? Where it's like, um, I think, is that the one where the ads are like, they kind of speak to you and they're like, just imagine you're in a, in a, in a valley or something. Oh, I think that's calm. I think okay. that's calm. Is that it? I don't know. Yeah. It's one of them. Yeah. Yeah. I remember I used to see the ads to them like last year when I, and I'd be like stressed out once in a while because I'd have a paper or something. And I'd just be like watching YouTube on my phone and be like, man, I can't get this done. <laughs> And then I would just see one of those ads and like, I never list, I, you always skip YouTube ads, right? And I'm just yeah. like, whenever those ads came up, I just like listen and like chill out with the dude for a second. <laughs> and be like, yeah, okay. And so I, I see the intrinsic value of meditation. I definitely do. But what do you think the, like the concrete benefits for you f- have been from it? Um, it helps me sleep for sure. I used to mm-hmm. always watch something while I fell asleep, like put on Netflix or something. And with meditating, I always did it before I went to bed. And always put me out like a light. Um, yeah, and waking up, I felt a lot more like peace of mind um, is one of the things. I know I actually, I meditated before one of our big investment pitches. And it really, really helped. Because it just like, it clears your brain, yeah. right? That's one of the biggest, like, I don't even know how to describe it. But it like clears your brain. It makes you a lot more, maybe focused is the right <laughs> word. Um but it took a lot of that anxiety away, honestly. Um, personally, I, I've recently started meditating consistently. And what I feel the main difference is, um, earlier I would just block out any any small chunk of quiet like quiet time. I'd just play music or I'd put a podcast on. And I think just having like chunks of silent time when, just, mm. when you finally get to think and you get to get in your own head, and and you don't understand like why am i feeling a certain way um and just being more self-aware i think meditation is great for that yeah yeah Yeah. um tim maybe sometimes (laughs) i'd I'd listen to myself talk (laughs) um i like the tim ferris podcast pretty good Mm. yeah yeah i'm wondering uh so on the topic of stress what what do you feel like the the difference between the stress you face in school is uh, in comparison mm-hmm. to the stress mm. you face right now. Yeah. That's well, a good question. I want to say one of them matters. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but like, 
in reality, they both do matter. Um, and I think the biggest thing about the stress in school is a lot of school is teaching you to just deal with stress um, and teaching you to manage stress. Especially at U of T. Yeah, especially at U of T. <laughs> Very, so much stress and so much of it is arbitrary. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, but like even like realizing it, a lot of the stress for Verda as well is really arbitrary. Um, it's just a lot of like you have to realize that opportunity is like a revolving door kind of thing um, and more will come at some point right even if you and, and just taking every because a lot of the time you're stressed that you're going to mess up and then that stress makes you mess up right or you're stressed that you're going to mess up and then that nothing's going to ever happen from or you're going to lose a client or whatever it is right it's like yeah just realizing opportunities revolving door something's going to come back and you're going to be able to figure it out one way or another right or even worst case you're going to be fine you're still living in canada so <laughs> yeah <laughs> still in a first world country don't worry <laughs> exactly grand scheme uh, and so it's all about the perspective i guess right and the, yeah just being gracious that you're there gratitude grateful gracious mm. grateful gracious. losing my scheme <laughs> <laughs> Uh, do you read a lot? And if so, um, do you have any book recommendations related to uh, entrepreneurship or spirituality or anything at all? Mm. Um, so I have this habit of buying a lot of books and then I read the first like five chapters <laughs> and then I forget about it and start a new book. Um, but one of the books that I've really enjoyed recently is on... Um, I'm going to butcher his name. Kofi Annan. Okay. You, you know, he was, yeah, yeah. I think he was a UN. section of the UN. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely fantastic book. You get a really interesting perspective into how uh, governments work together, really, or don't work together, right? <laughs> and why? Um, and uh, yeah, it was, it's so fascinating. But yeah, it's one of those books I picked up. I read a bunch of it at once and then I put it down and forgot about it again. Um, but that's actually a recommendation I'd give out because it's something that most people won't probably pick off the shelf, but mm -hmm. it's very fascinating. Um, in terms of like entrepreneurship, um, Zero to One, Peter Thiel. Peter Thiel. Yeah, number one book. I, it's one book that I've actually read cover to cover multiple Same, times. Really yeah. It's just you whip through that because it's so like it's so interesting. Um, I definitely read it because that's what entrepreneurship should be about, right? It's not about trying to steal value from other people. It's trying to create value, yeah, right. Um, and so I definitely recommend that book and the perspective that it gives. Awesome. What are some of your favorite things to do in Toronto or when you were in undergrad here? Mm. Would you say? Um. What, like, what's your like ideal? Maybe not ideal Friday night. That might, be a bit of a <laughs> that might be a bit of a loaded question, but like, um, um, I don't know. It was it was a lot of fun going out always. Um, mm -hmm. That I always enjoyed. Uh, just kind of spending time with friends is one of the biggest things that I realized I underappreciated while I was here. Um, and then moving to a new city, it's just like, yeah, oh, I don't know anybody here kind of thing, um, other than the people that I moved in with kind of. Mm -hmm. Um, so spending time with friends, very undervalued. Um, definitely do more of that. Um, going out was a lot of fun. Uh, spending time drinking with friends. <laughs> it's, it's this weird bond that you get when you drink with people and you get really 
don't d- don't get very drunk but like <laughs> if you if you happen to have got really drunk you're gonna bond with that person a lot more yeah but don't do it but don't do it <laughs> um but yeah th- those are some of the things that i really like looking back really enjoyed um and definitely underappreciated in the moment but interesting mm-hmm. um one one question we always like to end the podcast with is if you had the chance to speak to first year McKenzie now, what advice would you give him? Uh, oh, <laughs> oh, that's a great question. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't think you guys are going to like this one. <laughs> I would just say, no, no, go ahead. Fuck school. Have fun. <laughs> 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 like, Seriously, everybody's answer has been some variation. Some variation. <laughs> yeah, like, 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 just give school less importance. I mean, like, like, yeah, yeah. like, do study, but, but there is a lot more to like school than exams and tests. <laughs> yeah, it's like it, you're there to like you're not there to get good grades. Mm-hmm. Like honestly, you're there to have fun, meet people, get those connections when you're a bit too drunk, but don't actually get too drunk. Um, you're you're there for the network, right? Yeah, and you're there to meet people that you wouldn't have normally met. And these people are selected as very smart people, especially at U of T. Another flex. University <laughs> is like a fundamentally social experience, and if, to not capitalize on that is exactly stupid, right? Right. And by the time you're out in the workforce, like shit gets busy. Yeah. Right. All of a sudden, we're traveling and we can't go out, right? Or if we're your friend is traveling and he has to go see his parents, right? And then it's like. It, things get really busy really quick enjoy that everybody has friday saturday and sunday to party all in this very small area right? yeah enjoy that go spend time with them um and yeah build that network because those people are probably going to be ceos and executives in the next 10 years even though they're passed out on your bathroom floor right <laughs> not, yeah, not, not, not my friend <laughs> but yeah, i think you guys get my point though yeah, yeah it's all sure. about yeah. absolutely um, thanks so much for your time, Mackenzie. It was really great, great talking to you. you. Yeah. yeah, thank you so much for having me, guys. Yeah. It, really, it was a good time. Awesome. Beyond the Degree is co-hosted by myself, Talal Fahum, and Angad Arneja. Behind production and occasional co-host is Tate Claggett, and our director of marketing is Max Bayevsky. Thank you for listening, and see you soon.